Thought Leadership Studio. You're listening to Thought Leadership Studio, the podcast that helps you master high-level positive mass influence to create distinctive business niches, captivate an audience, grow your following, and change the game by changing the frame with strategic thought leadership. Thought Leadership Studio. Welcome back to Thought Leadership Studio. I'm your host, Chris McNeil, and this is episode 65. Video for Thought Leadership with Jack Lee of Eight Engines. Mastering the art of video storytelling. Jack Lee's insights on authenticity and engagement in digital narratives. What this episode will do for you is tap into Jack's video production expertise and gain a deep understanding of his extensive experience in video production, including his work on major film and TV projects, and his journey to founding Eight Engines, a company specializing in commercial and marketing films. Learn about authenticity in video storytelling. Learn about the crucial role of authenticity and relatability in video storytelling and how these elements can significantly enhance audience engagement and connection. Gain insight into video production workflow. Discover the intricate workflow of creating a video from the initial idea to production and editing and how this process contributes to the final product's effectiveness. Get advice for entrepreneurs on video creation. Get valuable advice for entrepreneurs on learning from existing videos, considering professional production assistance and understanding the technical aspects of video creation. Tap into an awareness of humanity as the core of video content. Understand the importance of maintaining humanity at the core of video content and how this approach can make entrepreneurial stories more relatable and impactful. And explore strategic ways to use video and marketing tailored to audience preferences and business objectives and learn how video can simplify complex messages for greater impact. But before we dive more deeply into this episode, In case you're new here, consider that I created the Thought Leadership Studio podcast to help listeners improve their thought leadership skills. So whether or not you consider yourself a thought leader at this point, consider that I've come to the conclusion that the practice of strategic thought leadership is now fundamental to effective marketing and helpful in any area of positive influence. It's about leading an audience to embrace a unique perspective that gives them more value. So this podcast is designed to provide an accelerated training process for which I use my expertise in design human engineering, neurolinguistic programming, systems thinking, and game theory to create a condensed form of learning. And I recommend repeated listening for optimum empowerment. And an important part of this is having models of excellence for which I provide interviews of people who excel in one or more areas relevant to strategic thought leadership. And if you're listening on an app, make sure you visit the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. It's linked in the episode description. For a summary, 
of the episode with a curated transcript, a story and images, and additional resources and offers, such as the free Marketer's Guide to Strategic Thought Leadership, free PDF guide, and a free 30-minute brainstorming or discovery session with me in which we can address your thought leadership specifically. So in this episode, I interview Jack Lee, a video production expert about the importance of video in today's digital landscape. Jack shares his background in the industry and discusses the various types of video projects his company Eight Engines specializes in. And he emphasizes the importance of authenticity and relatability in video storytelling, how it can engage and connect with audiences. Jack also provides insights into the workflow of creating a video from ideation to production and editing. He advises entrepreneurs to watch and learn from existing videos, both within and outside their industry, and to consider hiring a production company or learning the technical aspects of video creation themselves. So without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. Thought Leadership Studio. So I'm your host, Chris McNeil of Thought Leadership Studio, and I'm sitting here across the Atlantic Ocean with Jack Lee, who has been working in the video production industry for 12 years, involved in a variety of projects from high-end film and TV productions like Fast and Furious 6, Peaky Blinders, and Last Tango in Halifax, to directing documentaries around the world in Africa, the U.S., and even the Arctic. For the last seven years, Jack has been leading a production company called Eight Engines, which produces commercial and marketing films, as well as broadcast and arts work. One of the specialties of the company is working with interviewees, especially those who have experienced intense trauma, to help them appear relaxed and authentic on camera. Since speaking on camera can be very challenging for interviewees, Eight Engines devotes significant time to coaching them, ensuring their authenticity throughout the process, something extremely important to thought leaders in general, of course. Welcome, Jack. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to have you. So um, tell our listeners a little bit about your story and what set you off on the path to the creative engine of video that's so important these days. Like, was there yeah, a, so was a moment for you or a story behind why this video is for me or why I should do this? Uh, I'd love to say that there was some kind of a really inspirational story, but I think the honest answer is I was a lazy kid that enjoyed sitting down and kind of watching films and TV a lot. Um, but um, through being very lazy for a long period of time, I kind of um, developed a really deep love for it. Um, what is about... Uh, 14 we started going out making skateboarding films which is a weird path that a lot of people get into this and then yeah long story short I ended up um, working as an assistant director on various uh, films and tv shows but got quite burnt out with it if I'm totally honest so um, after uh, a few years like we say working in relatively junior positions uh, across a few uh, high-end different projects um, I got quite burnt out with it and decided I was going to leave and ended up getting a job at a documentary production company, which was incredible. Uh, and I sort of rediscovered a love of, um, of yeah, making content and st telling stories in a way that actually 
helped people. It was kind of like, because it was smaller teams were more connected to the creative of all. And then after, uh, while working there, ended up setting up, yeah, a production company called Eight Engines. And now we make films for a whole variety of reasons. We've made TV shows, we've made documentaries, we've made tons of commercials, uh, corporate videos, anything that kind of uses story to uh, tell a message. That's awesome. It's fascinating to me that this whole medium of video is the most, I mean, obviously the sensory system of vision is the most acute that we have as human beings so you can convey the most information only when you incorporate that what what would you consider the core components of taking a story maybe taking a, a person's story that you want to tell via video and making it come out right in a way that's really going to engage the listener this is a really hard question to ask and it's a question that's only getting harder because we're sort of we sort of live in a world where people are bombarded by video these days it used to be like there was i mean particularly in the uk uh when i was growing up there were four channels then we got a fifth channel um and then you know if you're lucky you had sky or whatever but um now we're at a world where there's video everywhere like i read the other day the average person watches something like 19 minutes seven seconds of video every day like you're bombarded with it so it's on billboards it's on your watch it's on your tv it's on your phone it's on your laptop everywhere you go there's there's video content so creating things that are engaging and authentic is is only getting harder the quality of video work that we make is is brilliant now you know what i mean like if you look back and watch something that was made 10 years ago the the quality the artistry the technical know-how behind it's so much smaller so i think what we're getting now is is a we're in a world where you can be very specific with what you want to do with video it's very coded everyone sort of understands everyone's very literate with video so there's different things that you can do that imply different messages in very specific ways so i guess the answer of saying how do you make the best video project is is almost too broad because it's how you make the best video for what you're trying to achieve you know it might be that you're trying to achieve you know if you're making a an advert for bmw you're going to make something that's very glossy polished you know you're implying quality but if you're making an advert for i don't know a pair of boxer shorts that's got a bit of personality to it you might make something that's intentionally what it would traditionally be considered a lower quality because you're trying to say something, you know what I mean? You're trying to make a comment on the style of, of the brand or on the style of the story or the style of the product. So I guess it's such a broad question without a specific example. It's hard to answer. Well, let's, let's hone in and think about the typical listener of this podcast who's an entrepreneur who has a story to tell. And perhaps the story they want to tell is one of how they came about founding their business and they're thinking, well, this is probably boring to somebody who's not in this kind of business. How can I make this engaging? How can I make this video really grab people and make it interesting to them? Well, I guess the thing for me that's relatable about any story is is people. Like people are ultimately relatable. You know, if you if you've ever sat down with someone for long enough, you'll find something that you relate to them about. So it's about keeping the humanity at the core of it. Like if you're we talk a lot about, you know, it certainly in our game, a lot of people set, create videos very similar to this. You know, they've launched a bit, they've launched a business. They want to create a video that tells their story, tells their journey, or tells a little bit about the business. And frequently people are a bit nervous about being on camera themselves. So we talk a lot about animation or we talk a lot about actors, but the videos that turn out the best tend to be the ones that star the actual person. You know what I mean? If you can, if you can treat a, film like it's a conversation if you're kind of sat there having a conversation with someone that tends to be the most relatable message and if you look at a lot of the particularly at the um 
at the sort of the more entrepreneurial end of the spectrum, if you look at adverts that have, or promo videos that have done well, they tend to star the founder. So if you look at something like, I mean, off the top of my head, the famous Dollar Shave Club advert, that's this, that stars the founder of the advert. You know what I mean? It's very relatable because he's in it. It's very human. So I'd say, yeah, keeping that central humanity at the core of what you're creating is always your biggest asset. And you you work with people in, in this type of production. Uh, where does your group come in? Do you write the scripts? Do you take scripts and convert them to video? Um, both, depending on the situation. Where does the interface happen, say, with an entrepreneur who wants to bring their vision to life through through video and they hire your company? What do you expect them to come to you with and, and where do you bring them from there? I guess the answer is nothing or everything. Like my favorite projects are the projects that people come to us with a with a with what they want for it. We have a we have a slogan that we start every project with, which is no one's ever wanted a video. Like no one does want a video. Like everyone wants the thing behind the video. So for me, if someone can come to us and say, like, this is what we actually want, we can start with the ideation, we can create the work that gets you to that point. Like quite frequently you do get people that come in with their own ideas and things like that, which is absolutely fantastic. But you sometimes not always but sometimes get to a point where it slips from being a marketing tool into being a um a part of someone's ego almost because uh -huh. everyone wants to be creative everyone wants to come in with ideas everyone wants to like have this vision for themselves but if you're not thinking about that end point of what you actually want it's very easy to just make something where it's like you know we want we want to look like this and this is my great idea and i, I want to hire this film crew in to make this idea uh -huh. but actually uh it tends to work best when you when you work with us from the point of ideation, because we know all the tips and tricks and kind of the audience research and everything else that gets you to that end point. Uh, so, so the audience piece of it. So if you have the research piece with the audience, what, what does that tell you? And what kind of surprises do your, your customers, your clients run into when you bring in information about here's what the audience would like as opposed to what your vision was. Would you rather do it this way? Is there some negotiation involved in, in helping home people towards something that's going to get a better response than the way they thought it should be done? Yeah. I mean, the honest answer is most people, if you actually ask them enough questions, know the answer, you know what I mean? Most people realistically uh, know what, what their audience wants. So if so, if you come to us for a meeting tomorrow and say, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I make uh, bookshelves, um, I want to make this video. We don't have any research on the people that make bookshelves, but you probably do. So one of the great exercises that I quite like to do is we sit down at a meeting and we go, the first question is, well, what do you want to make? And people will come in and go, oh, I want to make this. And you know what I mean? I want to see this bookshelf on top of a mountain in the pouring rain. And you go, oh, okay. You start writing this down and you sort of have a 10 minute conversation with them. And then you sit down and you go, well, what do you think your audience want to see? And they go, oh, okay. And you get these things. And then at the end, we put the two pieces of paper next to each other and go, this is very different. You know, what you want to make is very different to what your audience want to see. If you want an advantage at this thing, like make something that people want to engage with. You know what I mean? You're already starting three steps ahead if you're making something that your audience wants to engage with. If you're, it, you might make this brilliant advert that you all, that everyone loves and everyone in your team's really happy with it. But if people turn it off in five seconds, it's not done any job. You know what I mean? You may have a video, but a video's like the journey, not the destination. So I think- once you start having those conversations, people generally work it out for themselves. Interesting. 
Um, so the conversation involves helping them pivot to the customer point of view is one piece of it that I'm getting. This is step into it because you asked what, what would your customer like to see because they kind of come in with their own, maybe, like you said, ego-based vision perhaps of here's what I'd like to see the video do. Um, and for somebody who's relatively ignorant, now I'm, I'm, I want to say I'm super deep in the music world, but I, I have some chops in the music world. I'm a musician. I've produced a number of albums, so to speak, et cetera, and written songs. Um, so the audio piece, I understand, but I know nothing about video. So maybe I'm uh, someone who might be a model of our listener who's in a similar position of, I haven't done video yet. Where do I start? Where do I, how do I conceptualize what it can do for me? What it could do for my business as an entrepreneur or solopreneur or uh, a maker, um, an influencer? You know, how do, I, how do I start? What are the steps of doing it right? So I guess, um, how do you start an interesting question? Like it's about whether or not video is the right medium. Now video is really good at taking complicated messages and making them engaging and relatable. So if you've got, if you're, we always say, if you're trying to get a message out there, if you're trying to get people to listen to your video is the best medium to do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, um, it's sort of the, the evolution of every bit of your senses or well your two major senses you know what i mean it's your sight it's your sound it's storytelling it's music it's it's visuals it's kind of a lot of mediums put together in quite what is now a very relatable way you know people 90 percent of the time particularly when it comes to marketing we're sort of advertising to people who are sat on the toilet watching videos on their phone um it's just this very easily accessible medium um so where you start is thinking about um is you need to think about why you're trying to do it like if you're trying to get a message out there if you're trying to speak to people if you're just trying to make something that you want people to watch on your website you don't have the next step it's probably not going to work very well if you've got a a planned sort of honed idea in there of where you want it to go what you want people to do when you when they watch it what message you want to get people out to i'd say the next step is if you've got the budget to engage a production company who can kind of work on with the creative uh if you've got a branding agency probably work alongside those i mean if you look at in the uk at the minute there's something that's been going on where i don't even heard there's a post office scandal so the uh in the in the united kingdom uh the post office basically arrested one person a week for about 15 years for uh uh, for fraud they were saying that um people this does go somewhere i promise uh they were saying that um people were stealing from the post office and it turned out in 2019 it came out um that it was actually their system that was broken so it was basically they were prosecuting people they've got their own internal prosecution system they're prosecuting people uh for theft saying that they've stolen money from the post office uh for three years this story's been around and everyone's known about it you'd think that's horrific there's something like 900 people they've only overturned 90 convictions in these um in these 15 years 10 day in on january the first uh there was a tv show called mr bates versus the post office that came out it took that the messaging of that story put it in a in a video essentially or a tv show and in 10 days the government had announced legislation to overturn all these convictions because it just ignited the country behind this uh this cause so that's that's where video works well is if you've got something like a very complicated message that you're looking to distill down into a simple package. Interesting. And, and that plays into um, strategic thought leadership. And what I do is I help entrepreneurs, typically business people, package their ideas. 
and make make their ideas uh, empowering to an audience and help them organize them so that it is makes great content. So when people spend um, their, what, six to seven hours a day, they spend on average on the internet, you know, doing researching. And, and we've got kind of a dominant paradigm on the internet of push marketing, you know, paid, paid reach. And that gets some pushback because, you know, it, it requires data harvesting. And speaking of videos that can make a difference, I just saw some videos an attorney did here in the U.S. about how the Supreme Court here has said that, well, police can actually get your data without a warrant by buying it from data companies. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And it, it just brings up yet another, you know, nail in the coffin of this data targeted type marketing. So instead, we look while well, people are researching online before they make a purchase. They're looking how to make an intelligent decision. How can we empower them to make the most intelligent decision? How can we help them expand their thinking to see what we do in a new light that helps them get more value out of it that's important to them? And video, of course, can make a, a great medium for that. And in packaging thinking models, here's some things I've thought about. There's somebody who's a novice said, wouldn't it be cool to have video where you know, maybe a little dialogue about here's here's a new way to look at this industry. Here's where we want to lead this industry. Maybe start it with a personal story. And this is based on my experience of, and then you maybe have some stock imagery of these factories burning or whatever illustrates the point of the wrong way the industry has been going, the contrast with this new model. And maybe this new model has a visual explanation of shapes that show thinking models about it that you might pull just from, you know, some some graphics that you use on the screen. Well, here's the three-point model that illustrates this. Would that be an effective way to use video? It depends or on what would you suggest? Well, it depends on once again what the end what the end goal is. I think even there's a phrase like the medium is the message. The way you're making that video is saying a lot of things. Like using stock footage is an, an interesting point. So just using stock footage in itself sets says something to an audience because we're all so literate with it. If you start using stock footage, people recognize stock, stock what stock footage is, even if it's even if it's something that um is only subconscious. Uh -huh. Now Stock footage in general um, is something that's used by a lot of companies, but it's also something that's used by a lot of scammers. So a lot of people that are scamming things, it's very easy to get a load of stock footage and put it together and edit something. You know, you don't have to pay a production company. You can do it quite quickly. You can do it from anywhere in the world. Uh, you can create the same thing. So I'd say with that example you've given, it depends what you're trying to say. If you're trying to position yourself as this kind of heroic figure in your industry, maybe that's something you want to consider, that there's this kind of baggage with the medium that you're using, with the way that you're cutting that video together. Maybe uh, you want to position yourself as being more authentic, like I was talking about, well, I guess, like you said, with the personal story at the start. But there's all these... Um, different approaches that you can take that say different things to people subconsciously so potentially with that um with that advert i would say you're looking at something that's um quite authentic you know what i mean you're trying to be very authentic you're trying to position yourself as i mean I, I don't want to say the hero of the story but essentially that kind of thing so for me i'd be looking at stripping things back i'd be looking at not using all the stock footage and at making it more someone talking directly to camera you know what i mean there's something very powerful about people speaking directly into a camera about important issues but you would once again have that question that that i raised earlier where um 
is that what your audience wants to engage with? You know what I mean? Are they willing to engage with someone talking to camera? Who are, you, who are you actually trying to speak to? Are you trying to speak to people that are already aware of environmental issues and they're already invested in that? In which case, yeah, you could do it that way. If you're trying to speak to people that have no interest, you're just putting it out on Facebook or Instagram or wherever to a mass audience, probably are not going to watch a video of someone talking directly to camera about environmental issues. So maybe then you do need to look at using more tricks and, and sort of tools of the trade. I mean, a good example is uh, we have a client um that create uh pipes so they make like, pipes for plumbing that is their role and uh we work with a fantastic agency called refresh here in manchester as well and refresh came to us and said they're looking at doing a campaign with this client about um changes in plumbing regulation and it's aimed at plumbers mm-hmm. okay so they said oh we'll do some pieces to camera about people talking about this change in plumbing legislation so you go okay and we did that exercise that I mentioned before. We said, right, what do you want to say? What do your audience want to watch? And we basically came to the conclusion that they're not going to watch long pieces to camera about changes in plumbing le- legislation. And ultimately, what the video needs to do is engage them and let them know the legislation is changing, point them where, it, like, give them some top line information about it and point them in the right direction. So instead, what we ended up doing was hiring a load of influencers and making a game show that used um, that used some plumbing, uh, some of the statistics and data from um from the changes in part l which is the changes in the plumbing leg- legislation and uh put this game show together that was funny it was like it was quite uh edgy it was legitimately something that people wanted to engage with we put that out there that worked so much better because people watched the thing they got the information and then looked into the details more you know what i mean you, you we we talk a lot about funnels and funneling and thinking about like where does this video sit within your funnel so to take your example earlier if that's the top of the funnel that's the first thing someone's going to watch you've got to produce it differently to how you produce something that's way further down the funnel that where they're already engaged with your message they're already interested in what you're trying to say so yeah that's a great example speaking of literally using gamification yeah exactly to make to make a topic interesting and, and something that might be of interest to at least some of our listeners, too, would be the use of video to create courses to package their thought leadership to sell, like, here's here's a series of 10 videos to teach you my expertise in X. You know, so there you're at the bottom of the funnel. You've already got somebody who's, who's exactly. probably read your ebook and been to your website, likes what you do, wants to learn from you. They want your leadership course or they want your influence course or your copywriting course. And you're, you're using video for medium for that. What would be your advice to an entrepreneur looking to use video for packaging thought leadership that way as a paid course? Well, honestly, I hate to chat ourselves out of work, but that's the kind of point where you probably, depending on the level you're aiming at, you possibly don't need a video production company. Like if you're talking to people that are already very engaged, you know, they've already paid for your course. It doesn't need to look beautiful. It doesn't need to be really concisely and creatively put together. It doesn't need to have exciting editing or great color grading or brilliant sound designing. They're there for the information. So this is the kind of stuff where, People can shoot that stuff themselves uh, is the honest answer. Like people are there for the information. Like you might want to hire someone like us to create a trailer for the course that's going to sell it. But once people have paid for it, they will watch you speaking to a camera in. It doesn't need to be beautifully lit. It doesn't need any of the kind of uh, major tricks and tools of the trade. So I'd say there's tons of places online that you can learn to create that kind of content yourself. Um 
there's you know youtube's brimming with people that will teach you in 10 hours how to set up a camera do some basic lighting and record audio and teach you how to edit on a basic system or you can uh, just hire an editor send the courses away so that's the kind of stuff that you can create for relatively uh low cost i'd say it's sure like you said you then you have the promotional videos and and um I'm just thinking through the mechanics of it and hoping you have some insight to offer from your experience that maybe somebody could only get from you, from what you've learned. That you on a technical on a technical level or a creative level. Um, I'd say one one tip that's worked out well for us or for advising people in the past is it's very stressful to just sit down and talk at a camera. And people, you know, the first time you do it, it's going to be bad, is the honest answer. And the second time sure. you do it, it won't be bad. And maybe the 10th time you do it, you've created something that you're willing to put online. People get put off before they get to that point. Now, the the common advice that you'll get if you go anywhere is just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Make those 10 and uh, make those nine and post the 10th one. I'd say one thing that we advise people doing is do it on a Zoom call. Like have a Zoom call with someone, record your end of the zoom call like light it like say light it potentially get an external camera shoot it nicely but it's mm-hmm. so much easier to have a conversation with someone you feel so much more relaxed particularly if it's someone you know um that's a tip that i think works really well it's a lot of it is about technicals only get you so far um a lot of it is about how you come across and there's two ways to come across well it's either actually being authentic and coming across well or it's having a brilliant editor and doing it lots of times so those are sort of your two approaches i just think do yourself as many favors as possible um in making yourself come come across authentically yeah and um, i noted that you have um helped people with trauma help them appear relaxed and authentic on camera what kind of what kind of coaching do you do with someone who's really that jittery about being on the camera if you're working with them in a set i mean it's really it's it's a difficult process that i mean to put it in context we've we work with a lot of charities so we've done a lot of things um, with Help Heroes, which are a British military charity with a lot of people that um, tragically have PTSD. We've worked a lot with them, uh, raising awareness for things like um, safe driving. It's sort of interviewing relatives of people that have tragically passed away in uh, road traffic collisions. Um, so when I first started doing it, um, I thought the best way to do it was to be incredibly empathetic towards people. So you sort of come in and you sit down and you try and make that that position as easy as possible you kind of like oh do you need to stop do you know we we always have and we still always do have like a pack of tissues nearby and water and people on standby you know we'll reduce the set to as little as possible so people aren't watching you know these are things we still do but as an interviewer i was frequently sort of jumping in and making sure everyone was okay and cutting the cameras if it was getting a bit too emotive and i sort of over the years have done a reverse ferret on that where i don't think my job necessarily is to be the most empathetic person in the world anymore my job is to make sure that the pain that this person's going through in telling this story that they've sort of signed up to do of course because they're trying to do good with it but mm-hmm. that my job is to make sure that that's worth it and we don't get good interviews if i'm constantly stopping and saying oh are you okay are you okay so there's there's sort of like a level of um of detachment that you kind of have to have in those situations um so yeah i think that's that's been the biggest change over the last seven years has been that of course it's it's a very difficult thing to do to have those conversations it's much more difficult to um sort of be the person being interviewed but yeah having that level of detachment has always has been 
the big change for us, just making sure that the story is told in a way that is going to be understandable and effective and actually is going to incite change. That's awesome. in the you mentioned the authenticity component is the authentic emotions certainly don't want to degrade that by being so empathetic you lead somebody to a state away from the state that really is what you're trying to convey is it's an emotion is there is there um i'm thinking of things like the hero's journey as a template for an archetype structure for a compelling story do you look for a compelling story structures that bring things more to life do you, you work with a structure like that or how do you how do you see the components of a good story as told via video well once again like we i've sort of changed on this because yeah my backgrounds i did a degree in script writing very much involved in trying to make films and tv and like that's the whole ethos of the company is to bring that skill set into um into the world of advertising when we're doing that that sort of work now when I first did that, I'd talk a lot about heroes' journeys and things like that. And I think I got it wrong once again at first because I think who the person we need to think of as the hero is the audience in that right. capacity. Yeah. Like trying to make them the hero. And you're more like, you know, in terms of storytelling, you're more like the older guy. You know, the company's Gandalf there. Bro. Yeah, right, uh, right. Yeah. So that's, that's how we've always uh, treated it is that, oh, not always, but that's how we look at it now is like, how do we make our audience feel like the hero in this journey yeah that's awesome so the, the storyteller on screen would be more like the mentor figure in the hero's journey rather than the hero the audience is the hero. i'm here to mentor you in your journey and here's, exactly, where, I yeah. see, here's where i see you going in overcoming these obstacles and maybe pulling from the structure that way uh, so what's the workflow like of putting together a really good video how how does who the, who are the players and how do you sequence things and how do you orchestrate the setting and how does it all come together to a finished product that really works? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the size of the video and the type of video, who the players are, but there's always going to be a director. There's almost always going to be a producer, whether or not on a very low budget thing, the director and the producer are the same person. There's always going to be a camera operator or a DOP, director of photography. There's always going to be an editor. Um, you know, there's always going to be a sound designer. There's these roles that happen. I mean, for us, um, we have an interesting customer uh, company model, I guess, because most of the film and video industries made up of freelancers. So most crews sort of come together to make make a video and then depart. And most production companies are built up of producers. So most of them are, you know, you'd have directors on staff, you'd have producers on staff, you might have some editors on staff. Whereas our company's built like film set so we have directors we have dops on staff we have sound sound recorders on staff we have editors on staff you know we have camera assistants we have assistant editors so for me that's been a massive um like advantage to us over the years because our team are so used to working together like we've we've had the same team for coming up on three years now as in no one's left um so we're so used to it. We're so uh, it's almost like a sports team, you know. It's 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 like we're um, a football club, and you know that that kind of locker room and making sure that everyone's uh, communicating in the same way and using the same language, and everyone understands everything that everyone's trying to say. There isn't that sort of like misapprehension of people getting together. Uh, you know, you get a load of freelancers together in one in one room, and and they don't understand sort of the subtleties of communicating with it, with one another. You get problems that way. So I'd say one of the the best thing to do is, yeah, in terms of workflow, it's going to start with some level of ideation. It's going to move into, uh, you know, 
production and logistics, arranging actors, arranging locations, arranging writing interview questions, you know, storyboarding, all those, all those kind of pre-production type things. Then you're going to move into production, which is, it's, it's like, it's like having a match football, you know what I mean? It's, um, it's quite an intense day or two days or a week or a month or however long you're shooting for. You've sort of got one chance to get everything right. So it's almost like you spend all this time at the start preparing making sure everyone's match fit make sure everyone knows the plan and sort of like drilling every drilling it into everyone and having meetings and then you've got to do it you know what i mean and if you don't get it right on that one day you don't get it and i mean that's i love about it but it also can be quite stressful and then sort of almost for me the most creative aspect is editing is once you've shot all that you sort of write everything that you do you sort of write twice so you you write it as a script and you shoot the script and that's going to change on the day a little bit, sure. But um, but you basically shoot what you've written and then you get it into post and you almost rewrite it again. It's almost like you've then got a load of jigsaw pieces that you're putting together to try and make a picture. And that picture might not be the exact same picture that you wrote in the script. So it's sort of changing along the way. So, I mean, yeah, the it's once again, there's so many different ways you can make a film and different types of film. But the basic pro- uh, uh, process is ideation, pre-production, production, post-production. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So a couple of things to wrap up. Two kinds of questions. First, thinking about an audience, the entrepreneur who may or may not have done some video, and if you've done it, they want to do it better. If they haven't, they might be considering it. What would be the top three things you'd recommend they do to start investigating the medium or getting better at it? Number one. And two, how would someone get a hold of you um, if they want to hire your company to do some video work for them sure so um yeah if you're looking to get more into video uh the first step for me is watch stuff <laughs> like there are your competitors are going to be making video uh they'll certainly be like it's such a utilized tool now there will be people making it but they'll make so many different things you know what i mean there might be people that are making sort of commercials or as we call brand films you know, that'd be, which are more like your traditional TV ads. There might be people that are making corporate video, which is, you know, uh, uh, sort of a more direct way of making video, I guess. It's more sort of like specifically talking about the the structure of your company. Uh, there might be people that are doing social media video. You know, it might be people that are posting on LinkedIn videos of themselves that they've recorded and it's user-generated content. So they've shot it themselves. They're not using a production company. So I'd look, I'd look into that. I'd look and see what everyone else is doing. And then I'd look away from your own sector. Like try and look at what people in a completely different sector are doing. Like if you just start copying what other people are doing in your sector, you're not going to do any better than them. Like if you can pull ideas from different places, if you can watch YouTube videos, if you can read books, if you can, um, you know, go to art galleries, look at different things to try and get ideas that might be slightly different that's the stuff that does best anything that's going against what everyone else is doing tends to perform better um so that's one thing that we always say is is don't do the same as everyone else um and then i'd say if you're looking at getting more into it either hire a production company um or if you're looking at making yourself youtube is a brilliant place like there are so many places you can go and learn to make video but what i would say is it is infinitely more complicated than people imagine it to be like it's one of these things that people think you can um you know i've got a camera on my phone kind of deal but as soon as you delve one step deeper than that it gets very very complicated very very quickly so expect it to be time consuming um and also video tends to be the first port of call people 
uh, are going to look at if they look into you. If people go on a website and the, there's a video there, they're going to watch it. That's going to be the first thing they're going to do because ultimately we're all lazy. So they're going to watch that yeah. read something. and you need to think about what that video is saying. Like, like I'm saying, there's subtly a lot of different things that you can do with a video to suggest things. And if that video is badly shot and cheap, people will know it. It might be that that's okay. You know, it might be that you're in an industry that hasn't really embraced video and there isn't tons of content out there. So it's okay to just have something kind of a bit, a bit better than everyone else, but it's almost like websites uh, used to be about sort of, you know, 15 years ago, just having a website was enough. You know, not everyone had a website. So if you wanted to find someone, you're going to Google them. There's three different websites. You're going to pick up one of the websites. Now everyone has a website. So just having a website isn't enough. It needs to be a quality website. We're sort of getting to that stage with video where sort of five or six years ago, it was a bit of a wild west, you know, just having a video is enough. People are going to watch the video that's there. Whereas now almost everyone's got a video. So now you've got this, this sort of competitive quality, um, so I want to say battlefield, but that makes it sound too aggressive. Um, this, this sort of like, um, yeah, this, this space where things are competing against one another. So bear in mind, you do want to be quite considerate about how your video comes across. Cause sometimes having a bad video is worse than having no video at all. Um, so that's, I would say my answer to that. And get in touch with us. There's a website, www.8engines.com. Um, yeah, there's tons of information about us on there. Or follow me on LinkedIn, Jack Lee. Fantastic. And uh, to the listener, I'm going to link to Jack's website and his LinkedIn on the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. So if you're listening on app, click the link in the episode description. It'll take you to the episode page and his links will be there. It's been a pleasure, Jack. Yes, I've absolutely loved it. Thanks, this man. has been very enlightening and it's motivated me to get off my tail and start working on some video. And I hope that does the same for listeners who haven't yet done it. And I hope you've inspired those who are into it and want to get better either to reach out to you for help or to up their own game in whatever way they can. Fantastic. Have okay. a great rest of your day. You too, mate. All right, appreciate it. Thought Leadership Studio. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thought Leadership Studio podcast. I'm Chris McNeil, Strategic Thought Leadership Coach and Consultant, and it's been a pleasure to have Jack Lee from 8 Engines with us today, sharing his valuable insights on video storytelling and its profound impact in the realm of thought leadership. If you found today's conversation enlightening, want to explore more about Jack's work, be sure to check out the episode page linked in the description. There you'll find all the links to connect with Jack and 8 Engines. It's a great resource for anyone interested in the transformative power of video and storytelling and communication. And before we part ways, I got something special for you for our dedicated listeners eager to build and refine their thought leadership. We're offering the Free Marketer's Guide to Strategic Thought Leadership. This guide is packed with practical advice and strategies to help you shape your narrative and enhance your influence. It includes the building blocks of strategic thought leadership and is a perfect complement to the wisdom shared by Jack today. 
to get your hands on this free guide, just visit the episode page. It's a fantastic resource, and I'm confident it will help you in crafting your own thought leadership. Again, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more insightful conversations with leaders and innovators across different fields. I'm Chris McNeil, and I'm here to help you harness the power of your thoughts to make a meaningful difference. Until next time, keep pushing the boundaries of what's possible with your ideas and insights, and see you at the next episode. Thought Leadership Studio.